It's one for the money, two for the show. Episode three, we're getting ready. And if we get past this one to four, I think we'll be good to go. Because this one's going to get a little uh, hot around the collar as we make the road dog holler. But what's up to all the pound puppies and kennel kittens? Welcome to the dog house. I'm Ryan Katz, and he's Dog the Road Dog. And this is episode number three of Oh, You Didn't Know. Oh, You Didn't Know is right. You sounded like stinking Carol Baskins. That sounded like you cool kitties and and uh, did you say something about pounding puppy? Like you know, what? we'll just we'll just skip past that part. You know what so, I mean? Man, how you feeling today? I'm good. I'm good. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling frisky. I got to be honest. I've been uh, weirdly looking forward to this specific episode. It was. Uh, we'll talk about it as we as we get closer. But but. It's very therapeutic for me uh, to go back and look at some periods of time that that weren't so crystal clear to me. Um, but, yeah, it's therapeutic. I'm excited about today's show anyway. Dr. Katz is in session and hopefully I don't start <laughs> squiggling all over the place with some line work and stuff. Man, dog, we've got two episodes behind us and we seem to be doing OK, getting yep. our reps and finding our groove. And it takes practice and training. But let me just start with this. You know what else takes practice and training? What's my up? dog, man. And oh, I don't yeah. mean like you, my dog, man, but my yeah. dog, man. We go to these agility classes. We've seen it. I've showed you some clips. But yes. yesterday's class was amazing, and it got me amped up. I got to show you a clip, so, so, so tell everybody your dog's name. My dog's name is Tallulah, and she is a schnoodle. And she is actually, <laughs> she was birthed by WWE superstar Zia Lee, who like actually did the delivery of the puppies. <laughs> wow. And I have one of the puppies and uh, Raina, uh, her new name, uh, uh, Raina Rodriguez, yeah. Raquel Rodriguez yeah. uh, has one of the other of the siblings from the litter. But let, let's go to, let me, let me show let's you. Go to the video tape right now. Oh, she loves this. G- so girl, much. girl or boy? She's a girl. girl, girl. girl. I guess Tallulah. I should have known. Holy mackerel, man! Best in show. I mean, Ryan, we, Ryan Katz and his dog. I can't wait to try to compete her this year and get like some custom track suits and then maybe get like some other big dudes, some wrestlers in to go oh in. Oh my and God, just I would love to do that. The whole field, man. <laughs> just march in. We'll march in like uh, like Ben Stiller in that movie, like the Cobra movie or whatever. We'll all march in. That would be awesome. Absolutely. Well, that's not the only She's doing great. Yeah. She's doing she, great. Yeah, she's, about, yeah, she's awesome. a little over a year old and, and, and she's just killing it. She's not allowed to technically compete until like 18 months. So we're getting close to that. Yeah. And are you I, using a lot of performance enhancing drugs? <laughs> they're, they're like bacon treats and oh, lamb treats. Okay. And, so and they look, seem same, same. I mean, yeah, we, we're going to see what the wellness yeah, policy we'll see is. She is kicked out for being on the gas. That's great. <laughs> but I'm also excited because, man, we, we got breaking news today, man. We have huge breaking, breaking news. news. Things are going fast, Katsy. Buckle up and hang on. Go ahead. Ooh. Announcing the Ain't We Great Tour 2022 with you, the road dog, me, and Double J Jeff Jarrett. 
This is going to be great. It's the first show kicking off on Sunday, May 29th at the Nerd in Las <laughs> Vegas, Nevada. Yeah, it's the day. It's the same day as the big AEW pay-per-view. And, and uh, it's a matinee show. It's earlier in the day. So you got plenty of time to party with us. Plenty of time to make it to the show. We're going to have a good time. Uh, myself, Ryan Katz, and Double J, Jeff Jarrett. Just a couple of Hall of Famers uh, hanging out and, and talking to you. And, and how <laughs> apropos was that name? The venue is called The Nerd. Like if uh, if it didn't fit us three, I don't know what does. But if it fits you, man, we're going to we're gonna have a great time from 12 to 3. We got some earlier times for that for the VIP. Uh, yep. VIPs and uh, and then we got general admission and so we're going to have a great time. It'll be a live show on the air that night. A lot of stories that we can't tell uh, on the podcast because we have sponsors. Uh, and so so come out and hear some of the hear some of the good stuff and uh, and just we look forward to seeing you guys out there in Vegas with us. Absolutely. Head to doublejlive.com or roaddoglive.com for more information and tickets. That's roaddog.com with two G's. It's two spelled R R O A double D O double G.com for your tickets. All right. Enough about the plugs and the so dogs gratuitous and plugs. I love it. <laughs> I mean, we got to do some business now that yeah. in the mix. All right, let's go into the deep end, see how you tread water as we get into some controversy, some heat-seeking, uh, target-making moments in your career. This episode is about TNA and VKM, the Voodoo Kin Mafia. All right, up until this point on the show, we've heard from a pretty humble BG James, one who's you know sought out growth, evolution, and redemption. And as we get back into these stories, and it, it seems like all of that may be out the door because the gloves were off at this time, and it was very bold to say the least. So before we get into the deep dive, anything you want to say? You mentioned it was going to be therapeutic to talk about these stories. Anything else yeah. you want to get into before we go into detail? Yeah, I just want to say, like, you know, we have different segments in your life, and I, I feel like I've lived several lives. I was a, you know, the the Marine and then combat Marine, and you come back and you're a, a you know, a WWE superstar, and then you post that, what do you do? And that's what we're going to get into a little bit. But it's just one of those times in my life. Um, it's not that I don't like to go back there and, and, and take this walk down memory lane. It's just that this walk down memory lane, uh, memory lane is either in hell or New York City. You know what I mean? Like, it's just not a not a fun jaunt for me down because this was just a bad part of a bad time in my life. And, and more so than anything, like it's going to be therapeutic to get to talk about it, talk to it and through it. But I also, uh, you know, Talking about stuff helps, and that's what I've learned a lot about uh, in the past decade uh, through my sobriety is talking about things helps. So, you know, in, in society, we're pushed, especially the, the guys are pushed, I'll be tough, suck it up. You don't have to ask for help. Well, that's that's, a, you know, a load of horse crap. And uh, and to be quite honest, quite the contrary, asking for help is a sign of strength, not weakness. So anyway, it's a bad part of my life. I want to talk about it. I want to talk through it. Um, and I'm and I'm ready. So I hope you guys are. Let's begin the venting. And as the kids say, LFG, baby, it's on. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> All right. The story begins really at the end of three live crew. 
Your stable with Ron Killings and Conan splits apart at Turning Point 2005. And as everyone goes their own ways, uh, we, we see that Billy comes into TNA. It mm-hmm. was inevitable that you two were going to be back together, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, look, as soon as he came, uh, we had been three live crew for, for a bit then. And so, look, we had a great time with that. I just saw, got to see Conan uh, a couple weeks back at, at uh, WrestleCon and uh, I haven't seen him in a while. It was great to have spend some time with him. Me and him and Truth had a great time. Uh, creatively, we had some some good stuff, Some produced some good songs. If you haven't heard uh, all of the three live crew's songs and entrance music, you should search them and, and uh, maybe we could put a link to some of them up here or something. Yeah. But it's it's literally good music and we did that us three guys you know and so uh, i had a great time but but billy coming in it was there was no doubt we were going to go against you know we were going to uh, team up and then of course when that goes we're going to break up and go against each other and and uh, that just seems to be how it works but yeah billy was coming in he had just got released and uh and we were looking forward to getting back together to be quite honest with you you're the one who originally came up with the name of the New Age Outlaw. You talked about it earlier in your career, used it for yourself. Was there any, any talk of uh, uh, any, any? I like that. Was there ever any mm-hmm. talk of trying to get that trademark back from WWE? Or was that just something that you didn't even think about trying? It was onto something new at that point. I, I dated a girl named Annie Annie, and uh, yeah. I'm glad you brought her up. Um, no, so so I never thought about the... Uh, to be the new age outlaws. Like I just figured Vince owned it. We couldn't have it. Like I didn't know how the inner workings, even after being there, you know, uh, for a while and making money and doing all my thing. This is, this is post million dollars, spend million dollars. Now trying to pay bills that you acquired during the million dollar run. Wow. <laughs> and, uh, and so, so this was a part of my life, both personally and professionally, that was, it's dark. And that's why I prefaced it with that little statement. You know what I mean? About it's just uh, it was a negative time. Um, Billy's there. We, this is where we need the sound, uh, the sound effects where it, when I get off track, it just goes, oh, chair shot, bong resin. You know what I mean? Like something like that, like a video game. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. So the last thing you said was Billy's coming in. You guys are going to team up for sure, right? Yes, we're going to team up for sure. You two are eventually called the James game and you have some feuds with various teams and it begins with the newly formed LAX who's led by your former partner, Conan. It'll also involve your father bullet. Bob. (laughs) Yeah. How did that all come together? Well, I looked a Dutch and Jeff and there was a lot of guys, a lot, a lot of people in the creative team, but, but great, people on the team. Um, they came to me with the idea. I said, look, let me talk to my dad. My dad was 66 years old at the time. Um, and they said that a bunch of times during the television show. But for me, that was literally one of the proudest times of my career. Look that, uh, and I'll talk about a pay-per-view where me and him worked with AJ styles and Tom co, uh, blast from the past, but we got to work with them on a TNA pay-per-view. I think it was in South Carolina somewhere, but man, we had a, uh, like a, a color guard from the Marine Corps came. Wow. I just, my voice cracked. I'm going through puberty. Um, but, but they, uh, they came and marched me and my father down to the ring. You know, me and my father were both Marines and, and, and he literally, I marched across the parade deck like 30 years to the month when he did. And so me and him got a special had and still have a special connection. Uh, but the, this thing 
for me was the biggest thing in my career. And then also being able to induct him into the Hall of Fame. Like my dad was larger than life for me. Um, and so this was a very, awesome. very cool moment for me personally and professionally, to be quite honest with you. Uh, and I watching this, the, the clips and stuff, man, it took me back into a good a good area. You know what I mean? It's some good memories like, man, I got to work with my dad and stuff like that. So this was this has been a good, like I said, a therapeutic walk uh, down memory lane. I know as we were prepping this episode, we're talking about this, that it's hard time in a hard, uh, in your life. And when watching the clips that, that we're going to see throughout this, there's some really good content. So as, <laughs> as, as, we, as we keep preface every, prefacing everything with this negativity, yeah. like it's not all doom and gloom. There's yeah, entertainment. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And I'm glad, look, and I'm, thank you for saying that, Ryan, because I believe there is too. And I was going to make the comment like, uh, you know, people always talk about, oh, you're good on the mic. You're good on the mic. Well, really, I, you don't know if you're good on the mic until you get a lot of time on the mic. And I had time on the mic, but usually I was just saying the same old thing uh, with a different city inserted, you know. And so <clears throat> this gave me an opportunity where I think when Russo get and I'm getting ahead of myself, but when Russo got there and utilized us as the James gang, it was all about promos and entertainment and stuff like it wasn't like we were going to have the matches that, you know, the uh, the Chris Sabins and all the X division, yep. all those guys, Alex Shelley and all those guys were there. Then uh, we weren't going to have the matches like they're going to have, you know what I mean? So, so we played to our strengths and I actually did have a lot of really good promo, a little really good might work down there. And, and watching this reminded me of that. So. Absolutely. So Billy's only <clears throat> been in the company for a short time and we're going to cover his actual entrance to the company in a later episode. But at this point in time, you'd been with the company for close to four years. Did putting you two together give you the new coat of paint that you needed or, or was it just something that had to happen creatively because it just fit? Yeah, look, that's exactly what it was. It was was it a new coat of paint for me personally? Yeah, because I'd been with Three Live Crew, and now I'm going to go back to Billy. And 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 look, I had major concerns about us getting back together um, because it had been done. And while it had been done and been done really well, if I if I can sound braggadocious, like it had been done well, but it had been done. And so we can't be the New Age Outlaws. We can't. We can't be what we once were, so it's hard to be once you once were. You know what I mean? <laughs> like that. It's uh, it was very difficult. So I had a lot of concerns, but I also uh, I was getting paid. You know what I mean? I was getting a weekly paycheck and 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 doing all right and paying my bills, and that's all I was trying to do at this point. Uh, keep enough for the uh, you know keep keep up my enough wrestling for my drug habit. You know, <laughs> and pay pay the house notes. I hate to laugh because I know you don't it's say a, that in jest. Yeah. You say that serious in this Dead sense. That's serious. And that's why, look, that's why I want to normalize talk like that. Normalize talk about uh, men having anxiety, men having fears. And, and you know what I mean? That should be normalized. That's what we, sh we should be talking about. There's a lot of mental health stuff going on that we're finding out later in life. And, and even for an old dog like me, um, you can teach me new tricks and I can learn as if, if I can learn about this stuff, I can be conscious of it and make moves to try to better myself, you know, and that's so that's I know I, you say you, you, you know, you don't you don't like to laugh, but it's with me. It's the truth. It's 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 what I did, man. It's what I did. And while I did all this and I was high all the time. It's not that I'm trying to negate responsibility for any of this, whether cre whether creative or or, uh, 
you know, professionally or per- personally. I'm not trying to negate my responsibility for any of this. What everything I did is mine, and I will own that, uh, and I will make the re- you know the rest of my days trying to make up for that. Um, but thank you for bringing up. It's not all bad. I cut some good promos down there. <laughs> All right, your dad's a major part of the story, as we said, and it gets to an arm wrestling match against Conan, and it leads to your dad getting whipped. You talked about it being cool to be in the moment with your dad, yeah. but then what's it like when your dad's in the storyline <laughs> on the downside of a leather strap? Yeah, so 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 actually what that was was like three tennis balls in a, in a black sock, and it was what Conan used to like waffle people with, but but it's it, it goes back to the old putting the locks or a Coke can and a sock or whatever, you know, that kind of thing. But so, so I knew he would be safe, but man, it is my 66 year old father who is Let's larger. Let's run a clip of him while we're talking. Yeah, yeah please do. Please do. And if you're, uh, we could probably bring the volume down a little bit. On yeah. This. Yeah. And there, and today does a great job of putting him over. So that's the 66 year old father of the, of, you know, BG James. And, and, uh, and so, you know, dad was still at 66. He's still jacked. You know what I mean? And here I am 52 fat as, uh, you know, <laughs> I look like a, a can of tuna in a tube sock, but, uh, but he's in great shape. And if you, you know, if you're not on YouTube, go seek this because this is old school wrestling at its best, the old arm wrestling match. And they work it great. Um, at one point you'll see that Conan and look, they milk it too. Like you guys get out of the ring. Now you guys get out of the ring. Now, now who's going to, you know, and then Conan, Conan milks it forever. It's just good uh, Shakespeare. I, yeah, I, was, like I was watching this with the smile on my face, anticipating how it was going. Your dad looks tremendous. <laughs> it, it, yeah. he, he, I mean, he looks like Popeye getting ready to put a hurt on Bluto after eating some yeah. spinach right there, too. And, and the, tr- the truth of it is, he... I told him, I said, dad, man, if, they, if you don't want to do this, we don't have to do that. We don't have to do that. I'll tell him this and I'll tell him that. I'm, I'm trying to stand up for him. And he says, Brian, I've been doing this for 40 years. And I said, I know, but you're older now. And he said, I know my limitations, son. I'll be fine. And I was like, okay, I need to shut up. But but you know what? My dad was always good at looking you right in the eye and telling you exactly what you needed to hear, but what he meant to. You know what I mean? He told you what you, what you needed to hear, but in a way that wasn't cross. You know, it was like I'd be doing push-ups before the match and he'd say, he'd be smoking a cigarette and say, don't leave it all back here. You know what I mean? It's just simple little things that, uh, look, I guess every dad has their little things they always do, teaching but like, lessons. yeah, yeah. He was always teaching lessons and <clears throat> yeah, this is crazy. Conan jerks back like, Oh, he's, he's getting a, you know, and dad's facials are good. Like this is all, it was really good. Now, whether it was, you know, really the bad stuff didn't start till later. Uh, creatively, that is. You know what I mean? I was still in a mess personally uh, dur- during all this time. Looking at your dad in this role, I can't just think of your brother, Scott. <laughs> oh, yeah. He looks just like him, doesn't he? I mean, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, we talk about that a lot. He looks and just like you. And you talk about him. their physiques, your physiques, and, <laughs> and the different genes in the family. Which, which one of us is not like the other? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, if you're watching this, Conan, man, he gets, he tries to watch, he tries to jerk away, and Dad pulls him back. Oh, that's good. That's good what stuff. Absolutely. It's great stuff. Now watch the face. Watch the face. 
Conan's talking smack, getting in his face a little bit, and no, he shakes it off. <laughs> Bullet, oh! And that's it. The next strain, the veins popping. Oh my God, I love it. And, and then here comes Hernandez. Yeah, here comes Hernandez. Gotcha, the there's deal. the loaded sock, right? Yep. The loaded sock. Conan, you <laughs> son of a beast. <laughs> and then that second shot from Conan was yeah. just a little bit rough right yeah, there. Yeah, and he took it, and Dad took a bump. 66 years old. I don't know, man. I don't know. Talking about LAX and Hernandez, LAX yeah. had a lot of people that would team with Homicide during this time. There was Apollo, Machete, and eventually Hernandez was the guy we just saw whipping yeah. your dad in that angle. There was rumor and innuendo that Apollo quit because he didn't like the creative treatment that was going on, and then Machete just wasn't cutting it with management. Uh, any truth to any of that, or do you know why it was so hard to fill the role in LAX? So, so I don't think they were trying to fill a role, to tell you the truth. I think that would they were okay with like a couple of steadfast members and like some people coming in, but, but I don't really remember, remember Machete. Uh, but Apollo was, I don't know, you know, if he was coming over here all the time anyway, like he was a big, good looking dude who, uh, who kind of ruled the, ruled the, uh, the scene in, in Latin America. And so, so maybe he thought there were bigger fish to fry somewhere else. You know what I mean? I don't really know what that happened, but I don't think it was such a bad thing. I think there were some stalwarts and then there was some guys coming in every now and then. And I tell you what, Hernandez couldn't have been a better fit. He's a big, huge baby face uh, yeah. that could do some incredible oh, yeah. uh, wrestling and, and feats of strength. And yeah, he could leapfrog and he, he was a great fit. He's a, he's a good dude. So yeah, I don't think it was so much they had trouble filling a spot. I think they were just filling spots when when they needed to. You know what I mean? What did you think of the creative process at that time in TNA? I got to imagine coming from your run in WWE, your ego has got to be, at least I know mine would be a little bit larger at that point. And would I be wrong to guess that you probably pushed for a little bit more creative influence to get what you want? Or did you still have a, I'm getting paid, I'm going to do what they want mentality? Yeah. So, so look, this now more than ever, I had, I'm going to try to do what they want uh, mentality because I've, felt like I had burnt a bridge. I was, uh, you know, keeping my head above water financially and, and, you know, try, trying to maintain gainful employment. And so, uh, I was trying to do what they said. I also knew all the people on the creative team and they all were really good where they wouldn't, uh, Put, do anything to just flat out bury you. You know what I mean? And that's what, let's stop right there for a second. That's what a lot of people go like, oh my God, they're burying so-and-so. I can assure you, and I've sat in on many a creative meeting with, with TNA, with WWE, uh, even in WCW. So nobody has ever in the history of this business said, you know what we should do? Take one of our products and just bury it and make it look like crap. I promise you, nobody has ever said that. And that's what some people, um, you know, go, oh, they're just burying him. No, they got a plan. And and maybe the plan includes the other guy tonight. Or maybe the plan includes a different woman, you know, in, in the on the show tomorrow. So it's, we're not trying to bury nobody. <laughs> and so they weren't trying to bury me back to the story at hand. They weren't trying to bury me, so I trusted them. Uh, and then we're going to get into here to Men Russo coming into town. And, and I, and I kind of trusted him, too, because, I've look, I saw a lot of success uh, w under his tutelage and under his pencil. So why not look forward to that? 
All right, a few weeks later after that arm wrestling match at the lockdown pay-per-view, there's a rematch between Conan and your dad. And I love just, yeah, you got to love just hearing this, the rematch in the return program. All right, well, the loser is going to have to be whipped. I think it's 10 whippings at that point. The, the loser get, the, so there's an arm wrestling challenge, a rematch, and the loser gets 10 lashes with a belt. Um, this is actually... These are times that I forgot because I I think it's by design, but there's some good like this is a very good segment of professional wrestling. The the promo, the mic work, the the physicality, the everything. Um absolutely the acting Conan yeah. when he's coming in, his aggression towards the crowd, there's there's a riling of real emotion yeah. from, from everyone involved. Conan was so cool. I mean, he still is. He's so cool. Like he's the Don man. He just sits over there in the dressing room and they they serve him. You know what I mean? Because he's he's a, he's the dude. Back in 2001, he gave me my first what's up at XPW because I was wearing my Kango gear back then. He was like, <laughs> all right, all right. Yeah, that's what we need to figure out, how to get some Kangos with like holes cut out where the headphones will go in. Yeah, yeah, because I love the Kango. We're yeah, gonna look get at, this. yeah, go ahead. I just wish everybody uh, go to YouTube and watch this stuff because I think this is look, while it wasn't the, the most positive time in my life or career professionally, we did really well with it. Like it was, it, it, we did really well. And I would, you know, I don't know if I'd still be there if I hadn't got high in a production meeting. <laughs> yeah. Don't do drugs, people. Let's go ahead and get that. Make that clear. Now, if you don't do them, don't start. And if you do stop. So arm wrestling and Conan's trying to enough of my PSA Conan's trying to break the arm of the old man. How much of a fan of over the top are you? Oh yeah. 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 I love it. If dad had a hat on, he would have turned it around backwards. Oh yeah. Yeah. Here we go. Your dad starts getting a little bit of control. He's putting the stretch on right now. And there's the push. There's the one. Oh. And your dad gets the win. <laughs> Celebrates with stoic sternness. Arm goes up, and he's and then he gets the groove on. He's yeah. Hey, you notice that that Kegel Kegel's gym shirt uh -huh. is from a bar, a bar, a gym in Marietta. Dad, I don't think my dad ever went to a bar. Um, uh, and then here you come, Karate Kid style. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> well, and here I am asking for a live mic because now it's on. You just, you just gave me a live mic. <laughs> oh, oh, Brian, kiss your brother with that mic. Strap him, For those that don't know, Menudo was famous for launching the career of Ricky Martin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that everyone's like, who's Ricky Martin? That's yeah, an old yeah. man reference. You take a walk. gentlemen, you just keep on walking. I love that Conan takes the threat of suspension seriously. Yes, There's a yes, moment he where does. He like, tells them, he's like, hey, bro, you got to do it or they're going to suspend us. <laughs> 
this is wrestling, man. This is, to me, this is wrestling. Because I've said it before and I'll say it again and get heat for saying it. There ain't a dime in wrestling. Everybody can do a hip toss and a drop kick. What do you do in between? What do you do to entertain the people? What do you do to have them emotionally invested in you? And and we got them doing that in this storyline. We got them interested in my dad. You know what I mean? Like it was, uh, it's just really cool to watch. Absolutely. And the crowd's fired up and into this. If you go watch, you'll see. Yeah. And here comes the first strike. All three oh, guys we whipped them. them all. Hernandez sells tough. And homicide's <laughs> great. Goes to take his own belt yeah. off. Yeah. <laughs> and this leads to a comedic moment right here coming up. Getting ready to count. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, what did he say? I was by what? Bilingual. <laughs> well, he's Uno right. Dos Trace. <laughs> he slipped out of it. <laughs> Homicide selling this great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Homicide's great, man. I just saw him this well, like, past weekend, too. Here you go. You call Kip James Billy. <laughs> yeah. Billy. Well, he's always been Billy Nilly to me. I don't know if you ever watched uh, Tombstone, but Billy Nilly was, uh, oh, man, he was in, uh, dang, I can't think of the dude's name. But uh, he was in that movie, and it was Billy Nilly, and I always say, Billy Nilly, you're the prettiest man I ever saw. <laughs> <laughs> Having so much history, so much time together, is it, is it hard to get used to calling him by a different name on the shows? A hundred percent, yeah. It was just, look, I just call him Billy. That ain't his name. That ain't, you know what I mean? That ain't. Um, I just call him Billy, and I always have, and I always will. But for legal reasons, of course, on here, we couldn't. Um, so, yeah, we we whipped them all, and they powdered out of the, out of the ring. Um, but yeah, that was cool. It was so, so it was really cool and really scary uh, for me to have that my dad out there with me. You know, we're talking about homicide selling in that in that angle. Yeah. Homicide's always had the reputation of being a little bit hot headed with some things. Did you guys ever have any run ins or disagreements, or he was always cool with what was going on? And you guys, homicide, were homicide was looking. I don't know if he respected me because I was a. You know, been somewhere before or whatever, or if he just is a respectful dude, you know what I mean? But he's always been very respectful to me. So I don't know. I saw that in the notes and I thought, I don't, that's not the homicide I know. You know what I mean? He's always been super cool. Um, Total professional. And, and totally, yeah, totally professional. Always giving um, and not scared to try to get his too. So yeah, it's all, it's all, he's always been super, super groovy, bro. But that's a testament to a lot of fan perception versus how things really are in the world. And when yeah. fans sometimes think they have the inside track and sometimes well, look, it's, his, his it's name not. is homicide. <laughs> so you automatically you think this guy's bad news, but yeah. And then look, maybe he is to people who cross him. You know what I mean? Moving on from that story, you and Billy strike up a feud with team 3d also known as the Dudley boys mm -hmm. regarding who's the greatest tag team of all time. How excited are you to work with Devon and Bubba? Well, I, you're half right. I'm excited to work with one of them anyway. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Look, uh, I'm, I mean, I'm just kidding. 
Um, uh, no, it's uh, look, it was natural, just like putting me and Billy back together. Now here's Devon and Bubba. It's natural to go back to that. Some very good promos uh, in this one too. Uh, kudos to Bubba because he can he can go in there as well. Um, verbally and physically for that matter. But I always in, enjoyed working with uh, Devon more just because he's lazy like me. And so we would just do the same exact spot every single time. Um, and the other two would just bitch at us because we were lazy. Uh, but it was, you know, you're in a different town where you can still do the drop down, turn around, back elbow. You know what I mean? <laughs> you still do the same old thing that worked yesterday. Um but yeah, so no, it was a natural transgression to get our transgression, transgression. Trans, yeah, transition, transition. I think. <laughs> oh, chair shot, bone resin. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Um, yeah, thank you. We got to get that 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 uh, sound effect we down. We definitely will. Um, but yeah, it was a natural transition uh, to go to. Uh, I have met a lot of transgressions yeah. too. To go to the Dudleys, <laughs> we're gonna have a future episode of "Oh, You Didn't Know," where we talk the Mount Rushmore of tag team wrestling. And I and and I know for me, there's gonna be some arguments of of, of, of the Dudleys being in that mix. Uh, yeah, am- amazing team. Always one hundred percent. And and yeah, and one they look, they're in the Hall of Fame for a reason, and 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 rightfully so. They recreated tag team wrestling with the Hardy Boys and Edge and Christian. I mean, there's no two ways about that. Um, they 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 up the ante in the game. You know what I mean? And so I always give them props. Look, pe- people always talk about, oh, Devon's so nice and Bubba's a, Bubba's a businessman. He talk he wants to talk business. He wants to tell you how he feels. And, and I get that. I want to tell you how I feel, too. I've realized I'm not my feelings don't, you know, the facts don't give a F about your feelings. Uh, and so, so I'm wrong a lot. Uh, but like he's, he's, he's a little more difficult to deal with than Devon. And I don't think he would have a problem with me saying that, to be quite honest. Um, he's just a pro and he wants to, you know, he wants to get down to business and that's the way he works. And so you got to respect well, that. Actually. Well, let's get down to the business there in TNA and take a listen to one of the great promo battles that took place between you two and Team 3D. Let's go to the footage. (laughs) Man, you should see Bubba. I saw Bubba last week. He's in incredible shape. Incredible. He looks incredible. Hey, I want to, me and my brother Devon want to talk about something real quick. I would bury him for having his back to the hard camera, but I come in and do the exact same thing. So, warriors in the middle of this. If if some of y'all listening or watching don't know what that means, the hard camera is like the camera that's set in the arena. That's most of the time uh, when you're in the ring cutting a promo, you look at. Uh, Bubba's got his back to it right now, as you can see. So that's no good. Um, But I think I do the same thing. So I'm not gonna. It's too late. I already buried us both. All right, let's skip DNA up a little bit. Let's <laughs> yeah, 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 he's getting there. Here we go. Daniels deserved a tag team title match before we did. I'm nice, nice guy. Busting your interview is both unprofessional and disrespectful. Cool. I'm speaking firmly. A of things I heard you saying quite frankly troubled me, gentlemen. You see, 
I distinctly heard you, hear, that you hear the history? That was a question. <laughs> Said it with a question mark. I looked like the guy on counting cars. Like that old guy who makes motorcycles and Oh yeah, the count. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You got your do-rag tied up. Yeah. Over the years too. Maybe in Vegas we can go visit the bar. <laughs> yeah, I love that actually. Oh, we, we he got you there, dog. You, um, got me. Except for that one time when we beat got you me. for our first WWE World Tag Team title. <laughs> oh, how about that, BG? Since we're, you're hitting me with blast from the past, let me take you down memory lane. Jar your memory a little bit. Maybe you remember... That's you guys, the New Age Outlaws. The New Age Outlaws. Shh. Madison Square Garden 47 times in a row. Oh. Ooh, yeah, oh, I did it. And clawing to bring 350 people into a bingo hall. Oh, oh. Um, maybe you <laughs> this is good TV, man. You could never get over in that bingo hall. Oh, it's getting personal now. You know what? <laughs> that and was just I a little riff and a high go. five and get back to business. <laughs> Yeah, for those that didn't see, they had a little sign of respect between each other for those jokes. Oh. Listen to this. And we're into business here. This ain't no bingo hall. Yeah. This is the impact zone. And apparently now, the big boys played in a six-sided circle. So let's do this. This bickering back and forth is getting us absolutely nowhere. But I think I got a solution to our little dilemma. Hey, the best thing and about this whole thing is at the end, watch me kiss Devon. Watch Devon. He, I kiss him right on the so lips. He, I did that to Rock one time, too, in a promo. <laughs> when you get in my face, it's weird. And so I'm just going to kiss you to make it weirder. What do you say, Team 3D? Here we go. There's a true story about Devon when we uh, when we first they first started working there. We worked with them in Madison Square Garden and like the place was packed and we were, and I in the middle of the match I just stuck my thumb up his butt like um, as far as I could get it up his butt. You know, it was like just messing around and he jumped so high and jumped out of the ring and he never let me <laughs> yes. oh that was great that's exactly what it sounded like when it came out uh but then like he's never forgot that and he'll tell me that to this day but yeah that so so look back to back to the topic at hand um it was a good good promo back and forth you know what i mean i think we had some good times and i knew we were gonna have good uh, matches because we were just going to kind of fight. You know what I mean? We didn't have to do no tricky spots. We were just going to beat the crap out of each other with weapons. And so talking about do. that. Yeah. It led to that match at sacrifice. You guys get a win over, over them, hitting them with the lead pipe, but it's slam anniversary the next month in the bingo hall brawl. The Dudleys get their win back. Was anything different about working with them in TNA compared to the WWF years? BHB, we call it the BHB, the uh, 
ball house brawl. What was it called? The uh, <laughs> bingo, <laughs> hall bingo, brawl. bingo hall brawl. Um, yeah, no, no, no. It was, look, it was the same. I knew what they were, could do. They knew what I could do. Uh, I couldn't do any more. That's for dang sure. I uh, could probably do a little less. Um, but that's what we were going to, we were, look, we, and this is going to, again, sound like I'm patting myself on the back, um, but apparently Bret Hart thinks Barry Horowitz should be in the Hall of Fame anyway. So, um, so I'm, <laughs> I'm you know, but we, we worked before. We knew what to do to get. Do we maximize our strengths and minimize our weaknesses? And we go out there and we have a good little match. And we know what'll pop them. We know what won't. And we figure it out. You know what I mean? So I knew they could both work. I trust them with my body, uh, and I trust you know Bubble was gonna, but Billy and uh, Devon weren't gonna get too much mic time yet. I can tell you that much. Right. All right. As we're gonna transition over to the next phase, creatives about to change at TNA as Vince Russo comes in. But before we go hard into that, let's talk about Blue Chew, our sponsor for the show. <laughs> you said go hard into that. Doug, <laughs> that you was know- the segue. Yeah, <laughs> because Doug. it was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know better than anyone else. Confidence can take you far in life. Yes, it can. Preach. Yeah, uh, it, it's it's allowed you to live a life that many people dream about. And there's nothing wrong with getting a little boost to keep that confidence high, right? Hell no. Well, I'm not just talking about life confidence. I'm talking about what you think I'm talking about. Oh, yeah, I'm talking about where Blue Chew comes in. And that's the bedroom. You got to be confident when you step up to the plate. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. A fraction. You hear me say a fraction. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever an opportunity arises <laughs> it's funny because it's bluetooth and it's you said arises and that's what makes it funny the process <laughs> is simple you sign up at bluetooth.com consult with one of their licensed medical providers and once you're approved you'll receive your prescription within days and no the best awkward doctor visits no awkward conversations it's all discreet for you between the sheets Bluetooth tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in, like you said, that discreet package. So, fellas, they say a first impression is important, but with Bluetooth, you can make a lasting impression. And if you're not down with Bluetooth, I think the Road Dogs got two words for you. But no, we'll get to that another time. <laughs> if you could benefit from extra confidence when it's time to perform, Blue Chew can help. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code DOG at checkout and just pay $5 shipping. D-O-G. That's BlueChew.com promo code DOG to receive your first month free. Visit BlueChew.com for more details. Details and important safety information, and we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring this podcast. Promo code D O Double G. And that was free. Is the label that pays, man? <laughs> that was wonderful. That yes, was that wonderful. was awesome. That that felt good. I'm in the mood. I'm feeling stimulated. I, I just meant for like a double cheeseburger. I'm not. 
actually in the mood to do anything else, I'd probably, probably have a friggin' heart attack. Where were we? We're talking about Vince Russo returning or coming to TNA in late September. Was that something you were excited for in regards to the creative process? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Look, Russo and I, uh, and I stated this before, um, we always got along really well. I mean, and then uh, even then, we hadn't hung around so much so since uh, he became a Christian and I became sober and we kind of became men trying to better themselves. I uh, haven't seen him a whole lot s- since that time. But yeah, when he was coming in, I, I had nothing but good vibes uh, about his, his entry because he's the one that kind of was with us during DX. And so I thought like, well, you know, he knows more than I do about it. So we'll we'll let him uh figure it out. And so when he got there, like, look, he took an interest in us and he liked me and Billy. And so we, we did what we could do. We'll get into all that here, uh, here shortly. But yes, I was very much looking forward to Vince Russo coming to work uh, at TNA. You mentioned earlier that you already had a friendship with Jeff and creative and dirty Dutch and creative. Mm -hmm. Now Vince coming in, even with knowing everyone before Vince got there, did you think that TNA needed a new voice in creative to bring a new perspective to the table? Yeah, uh, so so I don't want to say yes to bury any of the other creative team. I think anytime you can get a new pair of fresh eyes and somebody that's outside your current creative bubble, anytime you can get a new brain in there, especially a brain that you trust and a brain that you're willing to hear out. Uh, and look, Vince was an idea guy. He had a hundred of them. You know what I mean? And and a lot of them were a lot of them were pretty good. So so we. You know, we were looking forward to him coming in. And without having to bury anyone, I think that's pretty, you know, common in creative in general, that there's going to be a creative burnout. And it's pretty much an impossible task to create 52 weeks of continuous television year after year after year after year and not be burned out and and, and repeat ideas or or have a few bad ones. Ryan, it's so easy. Anybody (laughs) could do it. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I mean, haven't been in the perspective. It's wild. The yeah, changes. Yeah. The, the... yeah. Anybody can do it. We'll have at it. <laughs> I just always remember even when I was first breaking in and, and even before. So reading Jerry Lawler's book and talking about Memphis days that you still had to have a rotation that that maybe that rotation of Booker or creative lasts longer if someone's hot, having a hot streak or yeah. stories going real well. But I mean, like... it was six months. I mean, maybe a year or whatever, but they were bringing new people in and, you know, you'd all of a sudden you'd hear. Oh, WCW, Eddie Gilbert's booking. You know what I mean? So they get it. Burnout is pretty fast. Create. Look, we used to go to Michael Hayes and pitch our SmackDown stuff. And why we would do that is because he would shoot holes in everything we pitched. And so it would make us go back and fill those holes that he poked with logic, with creative logic. And so how, well, why would he do that? Because of this. Well, where would he go from there? He would go here. And so you can plan that out. It's, it's great to have somebody pick your crap apart, not bury it. And he always did it respectfully. Uh, Michael was a huge asset when I was writing SmackDown, to be quite honest, he's a huge asset in the company, but, but, uh, yeah, it was, it was, they could always use a fresh set of eyes. You know what I mean? Because even, even some of your ideas, like you sleep on and you wake up the next day and you go, man, that ain't going to work. And so, yeah, everybody needs fresh eyes as, as often as possible. So Russo's in, when does the idea for VKM start to take shape? He kind of came in and he, and he may have a different recollection of this, but he kind of came in with the idea, let's do something. Excuse me. He knew that we both were. And look, at the time, 
personally, uh, I had hard feelings against the company, uh, against WWE. It was all of my own volition, and I never realized that uh, until post WWE career, uh, you know, and 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 sobriety kicking in that I realized I looked back and went like, oh, God, what was I doing? Um, so bong resin chair shot. This is where you remind me what I was talking about. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's essentially Vince coming in and, and, and the oh, BKM, yeah, yeah, yeah. And BKM angle come into place, coming to yeah. you with the yeah, idea. I think, he, I think he brought that idea in there. Um, I'm sorry, I started getting real. And when I get real, I get off track. <laughs> um, but I, we were, we were angry. Billy was angry. I was angry. Uh, of course, we were both in active addiction as well. And I don't think Billy would mind you telling me telling you that because we both been sober for over 11 years now. So, so we're doing, we're doing well, but look, we were both not good personally. We were doing what we could do professionally. Vince came in with an idea that we could sink our drug, drug addled teeth into, you know what I mean? And, and, and we were making a, making a, a payday. Uh, we weren't getting rich, but we were getting paid and, I had a I had a dude down there that got me anything I wanted, and it was it was uh, not not a good scene. <laughs> I still have anxieties about the Orlando airport. Um, so all of this, like like I'm saying, all this was was tragedy in my life. Uh, but professionally, like hey, me and Billy are back together. Vince Russo, there he is. He was the we we, we all started this together. Let's see what we can do. In my head, knowing. We're never going to, you can't bottle the lightning again. You know what I mean? You can't do it again, but let's do what we can do and keep our lights on. So we got the initials VKM. Obviously we know there's some shots, you know, <laughs> in, inherently in what you're doing, but what is the gimmick actually supposed to be? Well, and that's what, you know, the first time I've ever actually thought about that uh, was today, looking at the notes. <laughs> and I'm not even kidding because I didn't. I don't know, man. I was, was checked out. You know what I mean? I was, being you guys. Yeah, we were just being us. And, and and it was all about taking shots at the, you know, throwing throwing rocks at the people on top of the mountain. Um, and we'll we'll get into that as we as we speak a little further. But, yeah, we was it was, hey, man, I'm getting paid. He's got an idea. Let's do it. It's something we can sink our teeth into. So it said that your characters had creative control and therefore you guys were able to go into business for yourself. Yeah. Do you think that that was almost too inside baseball? I know Vince you know, Russo liked to blur the lines of work, shoot, shoot, reality kind of stuff. Yeah. But, but was it, was it almost too much? Yeah, I think it was. I think it was, uh, uh, it was inside baseball, but I also think even the people who are inside the baseball uh, know better than that. You know what I mean? Like they knew people ain't stupid. And 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 I, I like to suspend my disbelief. But if if uh, tomorrow, uh, you know, Braun Breaker goes on or, or whatever, somebody walks out on a show and goes, I have creating control. Well, that's horse crap. You don't you know what I mean? There's, so I think they just didn't believe it. I think it was too far. I think it was too far to to suspend their disbelief that we have creative control. What were some of the reasons for your unhappiness? towards WWE. Obviously they released you, but w w were there specific things that you felt you were you were unjustly treated that, that you were unjustly treated or, or wrongfully accused is the wrong word, but like Yeah, I know what you're saying. And, and the truth be told, Ryan, is it um it would be sexier if I told you, yeah, they did this to me and they did that to me. What what they did for me was they provided a great living for my family, and they, you know what I mean. They they always took care of me at every 
uh, stop at every problem at, you know, around every corner. I, I was, I was a drama king because I was on drugs and they took care of me a great deal. And then I became a liability. And so they were like, okay, we got to let you go. I have no idea what I'm talking about right now, Ryan. So hey. bring me back. No, you, you, you're exactly where we need to be because th this is what we want to hear. I mean, this is a difficult time in your life and, and you're going through changes. And now you're in this storyline where you're going to just start poking the bear, pushing buttons, getting under the skin of people that, that were your friends, are your associates, former bosses. I mean, through anything, you're in the business. You always hear don't burn bridges, but like yeah. you, you guys are throwing gasoline voluntarily at this point we're trying to burn that son of a gun down as hard as we can um and and look i i, I they did nothing wrong to me it would be like i was saying earlier sexy if they had of that they didn't they didn't do it this was all of my own doing you know what i mean this was me and my addiction and my uh, lack of coping skills. And I, di I didn't know how to live life. I went through life like a hurricane um, with horns. You know what I mean? So it's I, I was destructive uh, and destroying every relationship, both personal and professional, I had at this period of time. Yes, there were some good times of wrestling in between there, but this was a bad time for me, you know. Were there any other names in mind or was it always going to be a VKM reference trying to throw the Vince shot? No, it was going to be VKM for sure. And me and uh, one of my children, I sat in my recliner and one of my children sat uh, on the computer and I said, look up every, all the words that start with V. And then I thought like, oh, voodoo's cool. And then I thought, well, voodoo Ken is like, if he's going to be Kip James, like we're not really Ken. So it's like Kabuki you know, Ken's, uh, okay, voodoo Ken, okay. And then the mafia was, uh, it just seemed to fit. So we came up with voodoo Ken mafia and Russo liked it. I mean, I came up with that and Russo liked it. And then we got, of course, down the road, we got Roxy Laveau, um, that mm -hmm. was, uh, you know, played off of the Madame Laveau or LaRoe yep. or whatever her name is in New Orleans and all that. So, uh, yeah, we, you know, it was all over the place. And because I really didn't know what we were doing, uh, you know, from a character standpoint, it wasn't it wasn't something that, that we could take and evolve. It was either going to end drastically or. Or nothing, you know what I mean? <laughs> it was probably just going to end drastically. And that's what people like at the end were like, oh, you, you knew they weren't going to do anything. Well, we, you know, we tried. We tried to get their attention and we tried hard. You're going to find out as we keep going. <laughs> as <laughs> Absolutely, we will. As you guys are doing this, what's going on on WWE TV is Sean and Triple H are putting DX back together. Did this piss you and Billy off a little bit? That was kind of your thing? Well, look, to, to, to be honest, yes, it did. But I want to be perfectly clear. It pissed off a couple of guys that were in active addiction. It was a couple of guys that's egos gotten out of control. And we thought we were bigger uh, than the business. And we thought we, you know, how dare they fire us? And, and look, it's once you come out of that fog uh, that is, you know, drug addiction and you kind of clear your mind and start thinking about your part in all this. Like, what did I do? Man, I did it all. They didn't do anything. I did it all. And, and, and Billy is the same way. So we've grown up, you know what I mean? And we realize at the time those feelings were real.
And I would have fought either one of them if they'd have showed up somewhere. I mean, that's look, but I fight my brothers too on Thanksgiving, but, uh, but that's just how we roll. And so I would, I would have fought them at the time. Like now I think about that and go like, man, what a piece of crap I am. You know what I mean? Like what a bad person, like that's no, not, a- but is that fair to say that it's all the addiction and, and, and can't you actually be like, have the ego to say, Hey, I, I I, I know that you weren't wronged, but 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 you could still feel anger, yeah. frustration, disappointment, resentment. You know, it, based on the situation, you were on top of yeah. the world. I felt I away. felt all of those things you just named. I really did. Um, but again, I think they were wasted emotions because they weren't coming from a, a balanced place. You know what I mean? So so look, I, I do take the blame for a lot of a lot of stuff that I probably. Uh, shouldn't take the blame for, but, but I, I believe in holding up my end of the deal. I believe in the responsibility, my personal responsibility. I got to do what I got to do, you know? And that's what we were doing here. Me and Billy, they put us, put us together. Now here we go. We go with the Dudleys. We do a little deal. Now we're going to try to get Sean and Hunter to meet us at the Alamo. <laughs> like the whole thing really is, uh, is just sticks, you know, d- different, different sketch comedy things and having a good time. Um, but also, like, if they come out here, you know what I mean? <laughs> or if we like we would have I would I would have fought either yeah. one of them. I, and now I won't I wouldn't have wouldn't fight either one of them to save my life. You know what I mean? Like, I just there. That's just how I look at them both now. Yeah. 180 degree difference than how I looked at them both then. Growth and evolution. You've grown. You're more mature. But as as we move forward in the story, it starts to take shape in November. On November second, the James Gang comes out and cuts this promo on TNA that's very anti TNA and mm. anti Spike. As I watch you give a little groan, and <laughs> eye roll. Like, let's bring the volume down a little bit. Are you giving him a warning like, hey, chill, man? <laughs> yeah, right there. He's in. Who's the other guy? Not going to let the truth celebrate Archer. here. A handshake, however, for Ron Killings. What's he saying? Yeah. Think of the long history between these individuals. I got something to say. I apologize about this, gentlemen, especially to you, Truth. I'll make this history cool. lesson brief. Strong words. You see, 10 years ago, 87% truth. And scouted <laughs> by a couple of nothing happening scallywags who couldn't get themselves over, so they hired me and Kipper to do the dirty work for them. Well, then a little while after that, you see, the world saw right through those two, and they saw who the real champions were. So you're intense and right now. For those who can't see, you, you you're amped up. You couldn't so, so- fool them anymore. You should have known your limitations. Now then, let's fast forward pre-James Gang to a little click called the Three Live Crew. Can we pause Whoa. for a second? Whoa. A black guy, yeah. a Latino, I mean, ultimate intensity. So this is feeling like raw emotion. We talk about her. Yeah. I used to talk about it to talented promo classes, trying to bring that true heart, TNA, true emotion to what you do. You if it's real to you, again. it's going to be real to those well, watching. And I'm watching this right now, and this is coming from true. It feels like yes. it's coming from the heart. Yeah, it's look, that's what all of this stuff, I wanted it to be a shoot. And at the time, and I want to continue to preface it with that at the time, 
These were my shoot feelings. And I would have fought either one of them at any given minute. And look, they may have whooped my ass. <laughs> I've had it whooped before. Um, but that's just where we were at at this time. Continue, please. Yeah, let's continue. This is a good one. We'll keep it going. There it goes. <laughs> I was hunting a job when I found this one. <laughs> that's my that's my favorite line. With you dropping me, my brother, my brother and me. If you can't find me work, by God, I know where to find it. What? Wow. Well, when I first started watching this earlier, I was like, wow, your intensity so much and Billy's so cool. And then Billy's about to amp it up himself in a second. What a message to TNA man. So here's what we're gonna do. You can take your little TNA hat, wipe your ass with it. <laughs> what? <laughs> because you have seen the last of the James gang. We are done. What is he saying? Did he, did he just quit? Oh. When did you become so politically correct? When were you oh. so phenomenal? Here, oh, the mic cut. <laughs> it came off genuine. Sometimes there's this hesitation TNA that makes people do like the expression TV of, oh, is this it? Look at Billy. Oh, they cut his mic off. Yeah, I think the, yeah. Truck, I think the truck cut the audio off on Kip James right in mid-statement, right in mid-comment. <laughs> well, they couldn't afford to have him say anything oh. that he might regret. And you can see right here. Kip Dave coming around the table. <laughs> Grab the headset. Here, I got something to say, and you people are Oh, he was going to tell him to suck it, I bet. TNA That's his favorite thing to tell people. He'll, like, tell a whole crowd of people that. And it's weird, Billy. So I got my opinions watching it right now, but the opinions from the wrestling press were not very kind to the segment. Yeah. There was a lot of talk that this was just trying too hard to be a DX ripoff and that you and Billy weren't cool enough on your own to pull that off, not to mention on the level of those, not to mention you guys weren't on the level of the two you were going after. Yeah. Did you pay attention to the sheets or anything going on at that time or did none of that ever matter to you? So I don't disagree with them. Like it, it definitely looks like the little guy throwing rocks up at the big guys on the top of the mountain. You know what I mean? And they never even looked uh, at us and it was just kind of, okay, well, that's what it was. But look, we took a chance. You know what I mean? Like uh, we, we tried something that didn't, it didn't pan out. It's, it's good or not good. Look, I can tell you, I'm not particularly pleased about all the creative, but there's some good promo work on there. There's some good stuff that came from there. You know what I mean? So I, you can just be a hater and hate the, I, I, actually I, I never been pretty harsh about it. I actually think it was delivered really strong. I yeah. thought the production side of the mic work, it didn't come off artificial. There wasn't, I, I was saying over it. Sometimes there's a hokiness when, when yeah. someone has a mic cut where then they give the expression of what, 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 oh, what, what, yes. what? For those that didn't see, I had a very awkward expression <laughs> on my face, but yeah. like, that just seemed natural, like the surprise and shock of, I can't believe they just did that yeah. to me. I, so, I, look, I, I think, and, and, and so for one thing, I've never read the dirt sheets. I, I don't hate them. I don't love them. It's I don't, not, not I just, I just, it's just not for me. Like I don't, I watch wrestling and I judge for myself 
that was good or that was not good. And if you tell me what I said was not good was really good, it's not going to change my mind. So I'm not going to tune in to have him, he, whoever they are, bury the whole thing. We're like, okay, that's cool. But it's also really easy to sit off in the sideline somewhere and tear down. You know what I mean? It's hard to produce. Uh, it's it's very easy to tear down. Um, and so I always look at it that way. Look, it hurt the dirt sheets and all that social media stuff hurt my feelings a lot during the writing of SmackDown. Uh, very, very personal feelings getting hurt. Uh, but back then, no, I didn't. I didn't read any of that because, look, I was a part of the show. And if I had a match, if I had a promo, I know whether it was good or bad. I know if I crapped the bed. I know if I botched it, something in the match. I know all that. I don't need to go to somebody else to say, oh, by the way, you, you, you're you not perfect. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah, no crap. So if George Carlin approached you in a Circle K parking lot and invited you into Bill and Ted's phone booth to go back and change course on direction, would you make the change? Or are you someone, and I feel like you're someone who may believe things happen for a reason. A hundred percent, man. It was the exact path I was supposed to be on. Look, I'd love to go back and stop taking drugs at the beginning. You know what I mean? When it was like still fun and still recreational, uh, when it became manual labor, you got to tap out, you know what I mean? So no, I believe I was exactly where I needed to be doing exactly what I needed to be doing at that point in my life. You know what I mean? There are valleys, there are mountaintops. This was a valley for me personally. Uh, but again, creatively and professionally, I think some of it was pretty good work. Well, let's keep kicking you while you're down in this yeah, valley. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> All right, let's talk about using Sean and H's real names. Is this a legal thing, a personal shot, just making fun of them, uh, worries on TNA's behalf? Yeah, and, and again, I don't. I know we were told to use their real names, but I think more than legal issues, I think it was just uh, us trying to make it a shoot. You know what I mean? But, but to me, that's one of the other things that made it feel worse to me was like, oh, now we're shooting and how are we supposed to, you know, we're on this television show, we quit, but yet we're on the show. So it was, uh, I felt like it was all over the place. You know what I mean? I felt like we didn't have a, we were just trying to get their attention and it never happened. And so that's that, you know. Your first match is the Voodoo Kin Mafias at Genesis 2006. VKM takes on the new look of Johnny Devine, Frankie Kazarian, and Matt Bentley. And you guys win pretty much in a squash match about three and a half minutes. Fans were chanting, DX sucks. Kip used the pedigree on Bentley and started stomping, getting ready for sweet chin music. But then he throws Bentley out of the ring, uses the Cobra Cut slam on Devine for the pin. You then told Vincent Kennedy McMahon, Paul Levesque, and Michael Hickenbottom to tune in on Thursday as you were going to unleash a ground war. <laughs> we're talking all the negative. We're talking about all the stuff. I, I feel like in the moment, there was probably more excitement. Like, you, you were probably, I should ask, were you amped up for this kind of promo to go out there and start shooting like this? Yeah, 100%. I mean, I really was. It was uh, because, look, if I can cut a promo and make you believe every word that's coming out of my mouth, or if I can make myself believe that, it's a lot easier to make you believe it. You know what I mean? So if I believe the words that are coming out of my mouth, you'll believe the words that are coming out of my mouth. So it's a it's a great place to start. And you and you don't have to write anything down. These are my feelings. I'm going to go out there and scream them at the top of my lungs. You know what I mean? So, yeah, it's it's cool to be able to be given that creative freedom. Um, 
Was it you know, fun for you to cut this promo? Yeah, 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 it was. It was like, uh, but again, <laughs> again, this was a different time and a different Brian. You know what I mean? I've been through several different, uh, you know, the war and then the superstar and then the drug addict and then the executive and then, you know what I mean? So I feel like I've had a hundred lives. This was pre-sobriety. And so all thoughts uh, were twisted. You know what I mean? And first thought was usually wrong. On the next TV show, you cut a promo about getting a cease and desist order from the WWE. Was that a real legal threat? Yeah, they told us to stop. You know, they, I don't know what it said exactly, but I know Vince had said, oh, good, we're getting to them. You know what I mean? Like it was it was working like it was. Uh, and so we just kept poking the bear and uh and look truth be told we did you ask if i had fun cut that promo i had fun doing a lot of this stuff yeah I, because it was creatively free and nobody was stifling and i could you know my creativity i could say hey what if we did this and walked around that corner and did that you know what i mean like it was just free free freelancing a little bit uh especially the stuff where we went to stanford and all that stuff we'll get into that here soon yeah, I know for me, getting a cease and desist letter back at XPW, we ran an ad about being the greatest wrestling show on earth, and we got the <laughs> we got the letter from Ringling Brothers, and like we pulled the ad, no problem, but it was like a sense of pride that, like, yeah. oh, they yeah. noticed what we they were saw, doing. yeah, they saw they saw what we were doing. Uh, they're looking at us, and so yeah, it was like it was. Look, I didn't. I, they weren't going to sue me. I didn't think I was going to point to Russo if they came to me. <laughs> I was going to go. He, he told me to do it. Um, but but uh, you know that's that's where we were. That's what we were doing. If it was legal or not, I don't know. I figured if it was illegal, they'd tell us to stop. Um, they did not tell us that. Before we get into all these vignettes, skits, and live event invasions, let's cease and desist for a moment and take a listen to these words from some of our sponsors. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen. By now, you know that everything is crazy overseas and well, that's created some volatility in the market. We actually saw rates tick down a little bit this week. We don't know how long it'll stay that way. All the experts are predicting that there is going to be a rate hike this month in the month of March. Some are saying 25 basis points. Others are saying 50. What does that mean? It means waiting will cost you money. And by the way, I want to mention this is still a once in a lifetime opportunity just based on your real estate values. You see, all of a sudden your house is worth considerably more than it was just a couple of years ago. And as a result, you can use that newfound equity to change your life. We're routinely helping our podcast listeners take their 30-year loan and pay it off in half the time. And how can they afford to do that without their payments going sky high? We get rid of all their other debt. And I mean it. As a heads up, what would you do if you had no credit card debt? Just like that, it was all paid off. How much easier would life be if those car payments they're out of here. No more car payments. That is the story that we're able to help our friends and family with at SaveWithConrad.com. You see, the interest you pay on your credit cards, not tax deductible, and sky high. The interest you pay on your car loans. Buddy, where is that going? 
What if we could restructure all of your debt, use some of this newfound equity, and at the same time, get you out of debt faster? You see, what we're talking about is reducing the time on your mortgage. Yes, we're going to get you a great rate, but if you're in a 30-year loan, think about what your life looks like 30 years from now. Man, life gets a lot easier when you're completely debt-free, and that's what we want to help you do. And by the way, you don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket. And oh, as a heads up, if you've been thinking, hey man, I like my house, but my kitchen's kind of outdated. What if we could get you the cash you need to turn your average kitchen into something your wife loves and it wouldn't change your monthly payment at all? Why wouldn't you do that? You see, you'd be reinvesting back in your own property. That's going to make your house worth even more. And oh yeah, you can do it with cheaper monthly payments at SaveWithConrad.com. Now I know it sounds too good to be true, but I want you to go check out our reviews for yourself. See what some of our new family members are saying at ConradReviews.com. You'll see there we've got over a thousand verified reviews. Our average rating is 4.72. And if we were a restaurant with a thousand reviews and a 4.72 rating, I know where you're eating dinner and I know where you need to do your next loan. It's SaveWithConrad.com. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. Oh, and did I mention no house payments for two months? That's SaveWithConrad.com. It's getting hot. It's getting juicy. I gotta, I gotta wipe off the sweat. All right, <laughs> dog. You guys shoot some vignettes that you're driving around searching for your target, yeah. and your car breaks down right in front of WWE headquarters. <laughs> We've talked in our first two episodes about how guys talk about this and that, but they never have a payoff in mind. What's the payoff? going into this angle of going into attack mode on WWE Hunter. So, so, yeah. So what I've been told, and to this day, I don't know it's any different that they were going to give a million dollars. If we could, if we would have a match with those guys, they were going to pay a million dollars to have a match. And, and look, if you, if you were a millionaire and you and a multi, multi, multi millionaire and somebody told you, hey, man, if we do this, we might can get a match with the other company. And man, what if we cross breed? You know what I mean? We cross bred our 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 products and we did that. And we, what you, like you could sell a million on millionaire on that pretty easy. I, I would go like, oh, OK, crap. If they're if you're telling me that might happen, I'm down. Um, and so I think Dixie was down. You know what I mean? There was a million dollars on the line. And amazing. I, you know, I, I never really thought we would have it, but I thought, well, if they're willing to give the money, maybe something will happen here. And look, all that may be phony baloney and it was behind the scenes and I, and I was just high and don't know the truth. Uh, but that's what's what they told me was, hey, we get we're going to give them a million bucks if they do this. Who shot these segments with you? Me was and Billy and uh, JB and Russo, Jeremy Borash and Vince we're- Russo. Were you guys just giving carte blanche on what you can do and they'd air it? Or was oh, there yeah. an actual game plan? Or- yeah, yeah. Well, look, there was a game plan because we had uh, we had Vince Russo with us. And so, so, but Jeremy Borash is very creative too. So just all of us four together coming up with different stupid things to do. And it's, I mean, it's totally just slapstick comedy. You know what I mean? But it's, it's fun to do that. Uh, and I feel like it's a pretty fun to watch it. Uh, but to your earlier point, there's no payoff. So we're just doing it. It's like an exercise in futility. You know what I mean? We're just doing it to put content on the air. Um, I think it's, we all kind of knew, like, we're not going to fight these guys. 
giving JB his flowers, as the kids say. Man, he has been involved in creating some groundbreaking, monumental, hardy hardy compound stuff. Undertaker's uh, uh, yeah, Undertaker, AJ Boneyard, yeah. yeah. All the uh, all the matches. uh, Remember at the uh, at the. you know, we did those cin- cinematic matches. Yep. Like he was the dude behind all that. JB is a is a genius man, and Absolutely. and uh, I don't want to uh, forget uh, Jimmy Jack Funk either. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, Jimmy Wong Long is my boy, and I saw him him and JB at the live event or the live show that we did with Eric and Jeff uh, and Steve Regal out out in uh, in Dallas. Yeah. I got to see him before that too. Great guys, talented individuals, and they always just make Nail phenomenal it. stuff. It, yeah, talented right. dudes. Did Jeff or did, did Jared or anyone in TNA come to you and kind of like, eh, is this really what you want to do? Did you get did you get someone to to give the other side, or was this just we're all in and going for it? Yeah, look, I think everybody was all in because look, it was just one of the little stories on the show that was going so it was uh like i said earlier maximize our strengths what do we do good we cut promos okay that's pretty good so because these two old guys can have a wrestling match or whatever but that's what every other segment on the show is why don't we have a little so i think creatively they were probably happy for like something to fill a segment on the show like oh this is okay you know we know dog will cut a decent promo or whatever and so they were just utilizing us that way we weren't ever wrestling we were just cutting promos on two guys that weren't going to wrestle us um so having that in mind, uh, how do you get out of it without it just kind of petering out? And you go like, okay, never mind. You get out of it with more entertaining segments like this next one, which sees you and Billy attempting to get Vince McMahon to sign a cease and desist order and to get DX taken off the air. There's always been a saying in business, if you're mentioning your competition, you're hitting up and it makes them seem bigger. You kind of touched on it, but yeah. do you agree with that or did you still feel like we're doing some fun stuff? No, no. look, I definitely agree with we were punching up. I, I got no problem admitting that. I mean, look, everybody who has ever been in competition with the WWF, WWE has been punching up. Like that's just all there is to it. There's no no uh, taking that back. So I don't I don't. I'm not ashamed of that. Like you said, we were doing some fun stuff. We were having a good time and I was getting paid and I was higher than a kite. Let's take a look at a listen at some of these because they are entertaining. Look, we're out Is this when we were asleep? For those of you not watching, the cameras showing them at nighttime, sleeping in front of the WWE headquarters, Titan Towers is building I'm willing to stand here all night long. Are you okay? Yeah, I had a nightmare that dumped to the extreme of doing something with a fat guy. Was he naked? 
Yes. Was he putting oil all over himself? You had the same nightmare I did? No. Those imbeciles actually shot that segment on their television show. We have to abort. What'd you say? <laughs> now you buck up, Private, because you and it was, um, for me, it was just entertaining to me. It was between that. No, watching a lot of this today and prepping for the show, I you see some of this, not all of and it you from say back then. John and Boy. Night, we're putting, I keep saying this spin on everything yeah. because of the era and time of it was in your life, but yeah, 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 yeah. you're, you're right, and I'm seeing that now too. Like it that, is the, the content itself the content itself is not bad. I was just in a weird place in my own personal head. So I don't I didn't mean to take it down that that path. You're right. No, so okay, so here we go. You're gonna take it up another notch. You're gonna, <laughs> you're gonna fire a shot in person, BG. Oh Coming Lord, from here we torch. go. I know you didn't read the sheets, but here, this is what the torch said. BG James, Kip James, Jeremy Borash, and Vince Russo visited a WWE house show last Friday in Knoxville, Tennessee. As fans were entering the arena, they goofed off handed out flyers and interviewed some fans. When one fan said they just bought a ticket and it was third row, BG interviewed him and made issues of the low ticket sales. <laughs> TNA's website has a story that BG and Kip purchased tickets to the show and bought their excuse me and brought their cease and desist papers into the arena for Triple H to sign on behalf of DX. During that main event, <laughs> Triple H waved at BG and Kip but of course didn't sign the paper. <laughs> BG encouraged DX to come to Orlando, Florida for a live event where Triple H could sign the papers in person. Said BG on TNA's website, Unfortunately, our attempts to serve Levesque were unsuccessful. We also noticed many of the fans' attempts to stay awake during the main event were also unsuccessful. The good news is the fat, oily guy was nowhere to be seen. At least the great fans in this city of Knoxville, Tennessee, were spared that suffering tonight. Amen. That's funny stuff, man. I still believe that. <laughs> I mean, that fat, oily guy. You're tough. You're confident. You're on drugs, so you're probably a little bit overconfident. But is this a little bit intimidating and scary to actually put this plan into motion? So the only thing I was scared of at the time was if we got arrested because I was holding. And uh, so I didn't want to get arrested. So that was the only thing I was scared of. But it, it was actually really fun. Like We totally bought some tickets and went into that show and we couldn't film in there because you know that, that that is a lawsuit now um and so we did stand in the crowd and hunter got up on the second rope and yelled at us and we're was, taking a look at footage of you guys driving in and now you're with the crowd out front <laughs> and there's sign did you guys bring those signs or did the fans actually I, have we those? probably made them actually <laughs> yeah. good stuff man yeah yeah it was look at what it was was it lowbrow? Were we punching up? Well, all of that is true, but it was a segment on a professional wrestling show. You know what I mean? We're not uh, getting a stinking Emmy or whatever the crap it is. Did, did, Oscar. You get, did you get any phone calls or heat from any of the WWE guys? No, no, none, none of them. None of them. You know what I mean? It's kind of look, the business is weird. When you go your separate ways, you kind of go your separate ways. If you cross paths again, cool. Uh, but, but that's, Everybody else, like I've talked about, I got four or five really good friends uh, that we always, you know, keep up with each other. But other than that, people go and I just kissed a boy on the head like that. 
Billy, don't kiss this girl. You're like the Pope. <laughs> yeah, I just cured that little kid. Bless <laughs> his heart. At TNA Turning Point, this angle heats up again as you take it up another notch with some impersonations and the VKM oh. million dollar challenge. Let's put this one on in the background as we yeah, talk. Yeah, so about this it. one, if you. Uh... <laughs> hey, can you look at the volume just a second? So even the theme song, dog, like yeah. it's 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 a home invasion is your theme song. <laughs> hey, we went to a professional uh, place in Orlando there and they spent thousands of dollars on this uh on these face these the, these makeups. The um, prosthetic we, yeah, the prosthetic nose and everything and uh like I don't I don't know, dumb to the extreme. <laughs> was the- that those, name was that name was dumb to these <laughs> for those that can't see it it's billy and dog doing a dx style road or excuse me a triple h and sean style entrance and dog's got the water bottle and sledgehammer and here we, and that's our first look at the facials <laughs> billy yeah billy sean billy looks a little like I ron guess. perlman like that with <laughs> Well, hey, was Ron Perlman Hellboy? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was great in uh, Sons of Anarchy, too. Yep. And the crowd is super yeah, into yeah. this. Look, the crowd was there every week, and so they knew what we were doing, and they were they were with us, you know what I mean? So that goes to what I was going to ask. The sheets were crapping over this, but obviously you guys have the crowd into it. Let's listen. <laughs> explanation here <laughs> for the thousands in attendance out who is who is this the uh oh this is <laughs> I couldn't tell who was actually in the group Oh Lord! <laughs> and and they go down from yeah. your ferocious crotch chops. Oh, they ducked a Cliz Liz and got a crotch chiz that time. Ducked a Cliz Liz, hit the Cliz chiz. Oh, we're tuning up the band. Oh, that's exactly what Tanae just said. <laughs> oh, but dog stops, Billy. I really did. <laughs> Alright, so I gotta give a shout out to Tiny who's gonna come out right here. Brian yeah. Bearden. Oh yeah. He's a great guy. Yes, and a great uh sport. He was actually better than the guy they used. <laughs> I don't think they're ready for this, Jenny. I don't think they're ready for this. I mean, oh, that's a good camera shot right I mean, there. Their song is up yeah. deep. You better get YouTube just for this clip alone. Taking a look at the segment, Brian, you may want to try BlueChew.com for all of your bedroom <laughs> needs. Use promo code DOG and get free delivery for only $5 shipping. And then oh, a super what a super kick. kick. What a super kick. 
<laughs> in the Victor Edition, he loves it. Oh, yeah. Look at him. It's like Mission oh. Impossible right here. Yes. It was it was Professor Whitworth the whole time. You cut the same promo now with this latex and glue yeah, yeah. all over your face. See him pulling off the masks. By God. I used by God a lot. By God! By that's God! A, yeah, that's redneck. BG James. And he damn sure ain't Crowds in. Kip James. You see, I'm B. Jizzle, and he's Kip James. And by God, we're BK. <laughs> Your nose with the latex. Oh, yeah. Becoming cult favorites. <laughs> Voodoo Kin Mafia. That's what the initials stand for, among see, other things. At first, we were having a good time. You see, we took these parodies as just good humor. But apparently, somewhere along the <laughs> I don't, I don't know what, who I was talking about. I think I do. member of your administration, as I like to call him. I refer to him as the offensive coordinator. You see, he said that Vince McMahon, you didn't give a damn what old Slick Willie and B. Jizzle were doing down there at TNA. Well... That, that one didn't go over the same of, way. Not, not a lot of pop lines in here. Just some, just trying to get my truth out. Oh, yeah, I remember Was that. Was it in order or did you enjoy that moment? I enjoyed it thoroughly. <laughs> Humor in the mix. Yeah, truth truth be known, where am I going with this? <laughs> Sarah, is this the million dollar challenge? Screw like the show billions when Bobby Axelrod just calls out the attorney general to come after him. Yeah. Not necessarily the smartest move. <laughs> Oh. We were having a good time. Oh. And you came along as usual and spoiled all the fun. So this is where we get to So hot, we got to catch up on the video. Yeah, yeah. You always like to brag about. You see, we're going to lay it all on the table. And we're going to issue right now what I'd like to call the million dollar challenge. What? Million dollar challenge. Whoa. 
talk a lot about Vince's balls on here. I know we're in some intense stuff, but t mentioning balls, one day we're going to have to get to my favorite Dusty Rhodes balls story. <laughs> <laughs> Without context, that was delivered perfectly. Whoa. Well, we got a problem for you. You want us to stop, and we want you to stop. Every week, you are chopping at the very foundation of the dynasty, of the legacy that we were damn sure a major part of. <laughs> <laughs> <We> <laughs> have got a, <laughs> a hot outhouse. Like, we would have a decent match, but it would smell in there. Oh, it would be a rough one. Oh, oh. That is a challenge. We will put up one million dollars. One million dollars. These two son of a bitches right This promo takes some stamina. Yeah, yeah. I'm sick of it already, to be quite honest with you. Wow. That's a challenge. No, no, no. Oh. <laughs> you see? You see, this ain't. This ain't a damn wrestling match. Oh, no. Hell no. No angles. No spots. No finish. Just Woo! Whoa, whoa, Brian. You kiss your mother Woo! with that mouth? See, that's this is what uh, Meltzer buried me in the in the papers about. Like he's like the 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 thing was the crap, but listen to the people. Like it was a it was it was a long drawn out promo, but we got there and and the people were were still hanging on, I think. Yeah, look, it was it's just wrestling, man. I'll take it to the torch instead. After BG James <laughs> ranked on Sunday's pay-per-view, which included harsh, unscripted language, as soon as he got backstage, he said in effect, quote, go ahead, find me. I got carried away. Uh, James was given a list of around eight bullet point items to discuss, but the exact wording wasn't scripted for you. Uh, during his speech, everyone backstage was gathered around the monitors to watch and listen. A lot of people in TNA were keeping a close eye on Dixie Carter, seeing how she would react to the situation, as this was her first time go, uh, getting the full court legal press from WWE. Does she have a stomach for the fight, or will she prefer to just lay off and stick to the family-friendly, non-controversial products she preached about promoting? Uh, that was the torch. So walk me through this from your perspective. The promo, the segment, going unscripted, what happens afterwards, repercussions, all of it, dog. Yeah, yeah. So there were, look, there were no repercussions. I did walk back there and said, hey, sorry. You know, but you got a seven second rule, beep it, find me, whatever. Um, and nothing ever happened. Like there was no, she, she was definitely ready for the fight. She was in it for the excitement and, uh, and the money was no object. You know what I mean? And it was, it was, uh, you know, there was a snowball's chance in hell that they would take us up on it. You know what I mean? Like there was like, so you're saying there's a chance. Uh, and we knew there probably wasn't, but like, you don't know. And, and, and she was, you know, a uh, big dog at TNA. And so how can we, how can we make your, your, your bigger dog? And this was the way she thought she could do it. And look, like you said, and like I said, I think it was pretty good television. It was just 
it was just doomed from the get-go because it wasn't going to have a payoff, you know? The next week on Impact, you and Kip again have a promo. You're not wrestling that much at this time. Are you guys hurt, or is this just a break for your body, or just knowing that it's driven by entertainment and you don't need the matches? Yeah, that the latter. I mean, that's what it was. You know, me, look, me and Billy were both uh, older than the average bear uh, that was working at TNA. So, so to utilize us for promo segments and stuff like that was the smart thing to do from a booking standpoint. Um, and we'd just work every now and then if we had to but yeah it was all about total nonstop action and fat road dog and in shape billy was only going to be half speed you know what i mean did you think this angle was bringing in a new fan base or did you think it was actually going to grab the wwe fan base and bring him to tna well we were just trying to expand the 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 fan base period you know what i mean and look they weren't in they weren't in uh investing so much in the past as they were investing in the future. So we were just a segment here and a segment there and try to get something done here and try to get something done there. And if they don't buy it, then they don't buy it. You know what I mean? But, but it was still fun to play and, and uh, we didn't have to get, take too many bumps. You know what I mean? I think this all plays to the current landscape of wrestling. Uh, How hard is it like to bring a new audience or to bring an increase in viewership into a product? We talk about ratings and it's like, Week to week, none of that matters because no one knows what's on the show to know if it's going to be a highly rated show. How do you bring those new viewers in? You guys are trying to push the boundaries. You're trying to be, you know, edgy. It's not necessarily correlating in the numbers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And look, all you can do is uh, – I'm not saying this is the way it is, but all you can do is do your best and continue, and then you kind of lean on uh, your influencers, if you will. And and Meltzer and uh, what what is Meltzer write the Observer and the, and the other the other person that writes the Torch, um, uh, you know they're they're doing their thing and they're and they're saying what they will. But from us, like we just gotta do we just gotta do our job and keep making money and keep moving forward. If this doesn't work, something else will come. It's it's phony baloney wrestling. We can do whatever we want to. You know what I mean? We're the masters of our own destiny. And so, yeah, we were having fun at this point. We just we were just kind of swimming upstream a little bit so while we were working and having fun we weren't really going anywhere you know was there anything you think tna could have done better at this time i don't think so and i really don't look they were drawing a number and it was a consistent number about weekly um and and so I, i talked briefly and then veered off topic about the influencers talking one way or another about you you want people out there saying hey this is good but that's they didn't do any of that with with our angle uh so I'm not saying that translates to poor ratings because surely if you're relying on uh, myself and Billy Gunn alone as Vince, as voodoo Ken mafia to draw your ratings, then your, your, uh, your strategy is out of whack. But, uh, but I think we were a decent segment, a decent entertainment segment on the show for a period of time. I mean, whether you like it or not, that's, that's subjective. You know what I mean? Were you watching the competition at this point? Were you watching WWE at all or just living in your own world? Yeah, just living in my own world. And look, that's what I did, to be quite honest, most of most of the time. Like in early WWE, uh, WWF at the time, we watched the cruiserweights, like I mentioned before. But kind of just do what you got to do. You know what I mean? I can't. It's just it's the same reason they didn't look down at us. Like, I don't look at I'm not looking at anybody else either. I got to do what I got to do. You know what I mean? I got, I got a 99 problems and uh, your creative ain't one. On the first impact of 2007, you guys challenged Shawn Michaels to show up at the Alamo to fight <laughs> to fight the Voodoo Kid Mafia. Let's go to this clip. Oh my God! 
You see, apparently, Operation <laughs> In the poncho, Live in the event. sombrero. Yeah. Was not What's the uh, strap a of artillery success. called? A strap of artillery. However, <laughs> it was not a complete failure either. If you're watching this on because YouTube, you can turn it off. Yeah, I think we're just, we're just... We're just... We'll bring this down. <laughs> but the, the idea here is... Is... Uh, the uh, the idea here is that we make the challenge to go to the, they're having a, a a house show or something a live event in San Antonio and so we're going to go to San Antonio and wait in the Alamo for them to, for them to do we actually went to the Alamo too I mean so so we had some fun doing this kind of stuff it just didn't go anywhere and so you look back on it uh, in retrospect and go like oh that wasn't any good it just because it didn't have a payoff you know what I mean. So let's talk about these Alamo segments. Supposedly, Jeremy Boresh had to cancel going to <laughs> UFC to see Chuck Liddell versus Tito Ortiz so you guys could get these segments filmed. Did yeah, you know about yeah. Boresh being hot? Was he? I, I did not know about it, to tell you the total truth. Pro, and, total yeah, pro. Yeah, that's, that's, that's how he rolls. Um, he dropped, from, but then Tito came to TNA right after this, so he got to spend some time with Tito. Um, but yeah, no, I didn't know anything about that, and I apologize, Jeremy me that you had to miss that iconic match what was your mindset at this point was it starting to get old or 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 you think hey we're getting to the end point maybe there's gonna be this payoff we're looking for but yeah we know i mean it. look I, all i did was every week i walked to the mailbox and went thank you god for the money that now i can pay my house note and buy drugs and live another week and you know what i mean like it was just that kind of thing so it was just keep moving forward brian just keep moving forward brian so that's it was it was a tough time. On January 11th, you go searching for Mr. Hickenbottom at the Alamo, and he's not there. <laughs> he wasn't What's there. Who's he didn't idea, show up. Whose idea for the Alamo? This is all Russo, or you guys are all just brainstorming? Yeah, no, I looked, if they're brainstorming, they're brainstorming behind our backs, but it's it's uh, Russo. And But look, again, I had fun doing it. I had fun going to do these things. You know what I mean? It's like a it's like a Degum, uh uh, Jack and Ozzy tour America. You know what I mean? We go to these little places and we have fun there and we film stuff and tape stuff and here we go. Um, so yeah, I was having a good time uh, professionally. Yeah. I'm trying to delineate between my professional stuff and my personal stuff. Uh, it's just gets hard because they get twisted, you know? Once again, Dunner talking about here. hard and hopefully now, not so twisted. <laughs> this shuttle we're on right now will take us straight to the Alamo. This will take us right there, right to the Alamo. Yeah, it's almost high noon. He's going to show he's probably already there. <laughs> oh, and I bet it was high noon. Yep. Look, I had my trucker. You've done it again. Yes, it's Alamo Rent-A-Car. <laughs> he's from the Alamo Wow. the Alamo look a little bit more historic Wow. That John Denver's full of what, we did you know? No, we didn't. Did you know that this place was erected by the state of Texas in 1936 for funds appropriated by the federal government? <laughs> we're looking for, now we're Benny Hill looking for... <laughs> On a long flume. Canoed around the thing I've sat I had my uh, trucker... For us to do my victory. <laughs> of course. We'll see you Sunday. <laughs> when you were oh, there at Lord. the Alamo, did you get a chance to visit the basement? 
Yes, uh, and I found Pee Wee Herman's bike. <laughs> There's no basement at the Alamo. All right, that was so one of my favorite movies ever, by the way. And also Big John, the dude that chased him around the big thing. He worked in Continental. Uh, <laughs> Otis looks totally like 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 yeah, uh, yeah 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 totally like him with the fresh shave. All right, so you guys had shot a bunch of these in advance. And then Triple H ends up tearing his quad at New Year's Revolution on January 7th. Does this curtail the whole angle now that Hunter's hurt? Yeah, well, look, I think this uh, was the straw that broke the camel's back. It was kind of like, okay, how long are we going to keep doing this? And then that happened. So it was almost like, oh, okay. And I, and I still think there's no way out of that that's positive. You know what I mean? There's no way to go like, okay, we declared victory. Like I can say that I just did in a back in a promo, but there's nothing now. There's nothing. <laughs> so here we are two old jackasses with nobody well, to dance with. We're getting close to the completion of this whole story. So let's take one more second to regroup. We'll pull some final fan questions and we're going to come back after a moment with our sponsors. Time to tell you about something I'm super passionate about protecting your family. Yes, this is a life insurance ad for goliathlife.com, but to me, this is really about peace of mind. Think about insurance for a second. We all get medical and auto insurance, yet we never even know if we're going to have a need for it. Let me let you in on a little secret. You need life insurance. We're all going to die. Now, as you let that reality sink in, think about what would happen if your family stopped having your income tomorrow. If you don't have a plan for that, you need to visit goliathlife.com. And I mean right now. And just personally, I've lost two friends in their 40s this past year and a half, and I don't even want to think about what their families would be going through had they not had life insurance. If you don't have it, get it. Protect your family. And I suggest you go to goliathlife.com because they've made the process of getting affordable life insurance super easy. Goliath Life streamlines the life insurance process by allowing you to get quotes for more than 20 carriers within minutes. And you'll pick your terms and payments to fit your budget. You pick your price, you start the online application immediately, and even schedule the medical exam to come to you. And I've done it. They sent someone to my office. I skipped the phone calls, the paperwork, and the crazy invasive conversations. Goliath Life makes buying life insurance simple. There's no hidden fees, no upsells, no hassle. Hell, not even a phone call. Goliath Life is life insurance in your hands on your time. Get multiple quick quotes right now from the comfort of your own home and begin your application in a few easy clicks right now at GoliathLife.com. Words are about to be spoken and the wrestling podcast world is about to be broken. Hey, I'm John Alba, co-host of The Extreme Life of Matt Hardy, and I wanted to invite you to join the iconic Matt Hardy and I every single Friday as we take a peek inside the locked room that is one of pro wrestling's most creative minds. You'll hear stories spanning more than three decades in the industry, like this week, when Matt shared his recollections of getting a call from Vince McMahon before the Hardys made their shocking return at WrestleMania 33. Uh, hey, uh, Vince just wanted to, to bust you. Look, look, fuck. Make sure Jeff doesn't do anything fucking stupid and cripple himself tonight. I fucking, I know how he is. Fucking reel him in. All right? Doors WrestleMania. Damn it. Yes, sir. I got it. It'll be good. I promise. All right? I think. All right. See you tomorrow. 
Hear stories like that and many more from the course of the Hardy Boys' incredible career every Friday wherever you get your podcasts and with early access exclusively on adfreeshows.com. Dog, before the break, we heard you guys declare victory. And on impact, the victory was declared over Vince DX. And you cut an anti-WWE promo before Christy Hemi interrupted you and, and, and took things in a different direction. But here's the whole thing that makes this whole VKM story really interesting. All the shots, all the controversy, all the insults, all the things... But then you and Billy end up going back to WWE. <laughs> Let's go back never, to our phrase from a couple never. weeks ago. Fuck the what, man? Fuck the what. Fuck the what, indeed. Never say never in the wrestling industry or the, uh, you know, entertainment industry. Um, but, yeah, so there we were. And there was a strange conversation between Hunter and I that, that took place. Uh, Vince never said a word and Sean never said a word, but Hunter and I uh, had a conversation in Baltimore. I remember it because I was very uncomfortable during it. Um, but I told him, like I just told you guys, Hey man, I was in active addiction and I needed to pay the bills. And so I would have said that stuff about my mama if they'd have told me to, you know what I mean? It was, I didn't mean none of it. I didn't, I'm not going to fight you now. So, you know, it was, it was weird, but it, it kind of needed to take place. I'm glad he brought it up, but that was the, he was the only one that ever brought anything like that up. Yeah. We, we did all that and then went back and because so he's a smart businessman, like people can think what they want to, but. He's a smart businessman. You still can make me money or you can help my company make more money. Yeah, I'll take you back. You know what I mean? That's that's smart. So so knowing you had that cleansing, so to speak, by speaking to H, did you feel a little weird that you didn't get to have that same kind of uh, conversation with Vince or Sean? I don't think so. I mean, I, you know, because truth be told, Vince, I guarantee you Vince never saw a bit of it. Like, I just, I know that, you know what I mean? I don't, I didn't ask him that. I wasn't about to because he didn't bring it up. So I wasn't going to either, but I guarantee you, he never saw one piece of that. You know what I mean? And, uh, and that's rightfully so. Why would he bother himself with that? You know what I mean? Like it's, it's not, I'm not uh, negating world peace or anything. You know what I mean? It was just, oh, they were just talking trash. They were cutting a wrestling promo, whether they meant it or not. It's a wrestling promo and it's here one minute, gone the next. It means nothing. You know what I mean? Yep. It's often credited online in the internet wrestling community that VKM, the Voodoo Kin Mafia, was one of the top five worst storylines in TNA history. Do you feel that way? I don't know. I mean, I, I, I look, I agree with you. It wasn't the hottest thing since, you know, the pipe bomb promo or, you know, I mean, I, I understand what you're saying and what all the critics are saying. Um, but like, really, I could probably go through there and find some that that weren't as good of segments as those. Like maybe the program didn't work and it was a waste of time and all of that stuff. But it was still five minutes of entertainment on the show, I, I think. So was Look, it, I'm, I may be biased and I don't mind saying that I am, uh, but some of the promo work on there was good. And I'm and I'm not going to say otherwise because you didn't you're not you, Ryan, but, I, you know, because yeah. some people didn't think it was any good. Like, OK, that's cool. You have your right to believe whatever you believe. Um, and I don't just totally disagree with them. Like, I don't think it was a very smart deal to plan it all and then it go nowhere and you just have to 
cut bait. You know what I mean? And so that was, it was kind of like we were going to do that from the get go. So I don't know why you don't just take it for what it's worth and go like, okay, yeah, whatever. It was a wrestling angle. It didn't, didn't pan out. <laughs> so was it first, was it frustrating to you to do all that work and then have WWE never acknowledge it? So would you have wanted that acknowledgement from WWE that you guys were doing <laughs> yeah. something that was bothering them? Yeah, of course, of course, because we were doing it to bother them. You know what I mean? So of course we wanted the, the uh, satisfaction of knowing it was bothering them and it, and it wasn't. And now I look back and I go, yeah, it shouldn't have, you know what I mean? But at the time I wanted to scream louder and make them look at me. Well, let's see what you got to say to the fan questions because they've oh, been curious Lord. about a few things. And we're going to start right now with adfreeshows.com's top guy, Zoe Lopez, who wants to know, was there any idea how much blowback you'd get from Connecticut with VKM or was it more of a shoot from the hip kind of thing and whatever happens, happens? Yeah, it was definitely the latter. We shot from the hip and just let the cookies crumble, you know. And look, Russo was always about doing that. We, Me and Jeff went with Vince Russo to OJ Simpson's house in Brentwood right after all that happened. And we ran from out of our car and ran down there and took pictures in front of his house and then ran back. Um, because they wouldn't let you drive your car in that neighborhood at that time. So we've always kind of run and gunned and uh, it was a strong suit of, of Russo's creatively. And we, I loved doing that that way too. So yeah, we just did what we did and asked for uh, forgiveness later. Another member from adfreeshows.com, Top Guy Eros asks, when you cut the promo on Hickenbottom and Levesque, was it things you had stored up ready to say, or did this all come out raw and unfiltered in the moment? So it definitely all came out raw and unfiltered because I'm not a guy that writes his promos down. I'm a guy that thinks about a few things and make sure I get to those. And and look for that one promo. It was get to the million dollar challenge. Uh, I may have taken uh, a right turn at Albuquerque instead of getting there a little quicker. Um, but yeah, it was off the cuff, man. A lot of it. But however, so, so it's a, a little bit of both because it was stuff that I stored inside, but then stuff that I could kind of just let go, uh, let go of in my promo. But so I didn't have to think about it. It was real to me. You know what I mean? And that's, uh, like I said earlier, if I believe the words that are coming out of my mouth, you will too. I think we actually got some answers for the other two Twitter questions I had. Chad at CGO Million wanted to know, when you were at WWE headquarters with the idea of calling out DX, did anyone, security, come out? Or what would have happened if Triple H and or Sean had come out to confront y'all? We all want to know what that fight would have been yeah, like, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, look, I... I'd have beat the hell out of everybody there. Uh, but let's just leave it at that. Um, that's, and look, now I'm an old man and I can't even, you know, uh, get my way. Anyway, um, so no, nobody ever came out. It would have been very weird if they would have come out. It was friggin' 10 o'clock at night at this office where Sean and Hunter are not there. You know what I mean? Uh, they, Sean, or Hunter's there now, uh, but back then he wasn't uh, at the office all the time. So, yeah, if they would have come out, I don't know. We would have probably tried to joke our way out of it or something. You know what I mean? Like, who knows? <laughs> Unless they came out mad, then you got to throw. You know what I mean? And I don't, again, I don't want to throw with either one of those two guys. I love those two guys. I've been through a lot with those two guys i've grown up uh with those two guys and and they've both kind of been supportive of me since day one you know what i mean so i truly love them had they come out like that night i don't know what would have happened 
I, I I'm reminded of a moment in in history. Uh, I was shooting a, a a package vignette with with Juice Robinson at the time, <laughs> and we went to SeaWorld to do a parody of Blackfish. And at the end, and we and we've got some signs. And at the end, security comes up to us, and he just folds on camera like he he has no conviction for the cause and immediately he folds the sign and starts getting so apologetic and Bless i just think heart. i think it would have been a lot different if something would have happened with you guys this yeah, lot, yeah 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 i but, think it was a lot more testosterone flowing. yes yeah we wanted to fight he just wanted to see the fish screw all right know? man Dog, we did it. We got through this episode, and I don't we think it, it was too painful. I don't think it? it was either. Look, like I said, it was therapeutic, man. I appreciate you guys kind of walking and talking me through it uh, and going with me on the on the journey. Uh, we're going to continue to take these journeys and hopefully have a good time while we're doing it, because if it's uh, not a good time, it's called work, and I refuse to do that. Um, so, Ryan, thank you uh, always for, for steering the ship, and, uh, and I'll be down below with my uh, sleeping shorts and pizza stains all over them there's a backstory there we'll probably get into also well as we wrap it up let me remind everybody about the ain't we great tour 2022 road dog and jeff jarrett and me and we're heading off to vegas on sunday may 29th at the nerd las vegas nevada and that's the same weekend as aew's double or nothing you're gonna hear stories you won't hear on the podcast you'll get vip swag that you won't believe and a vip meet and greet with double j and the road dog oh dogs and cats and double j's not to mention the chance to party us, party with us before Double or Nothing. So why don't you head on over to DoubleJLive.com or RoadDogLive.com for more information and tickets. That's RoadDog.com with two G's, R-O-A, double D-O, double G.com for tickets. Amen. Thanks, Catsy. Yeah, yeah. And I'll also just throw out head on over to howtobeaprowrestler.com for my Amen. new ebook. You can check out ryanissmiley.com to find out my various other appearances, which include my my return to commentary May 15th for Boca Raton Championship Wrestling. Oh, but the Boca battle, the battle of Boca. It's going to be uh, a good one. The fight in 35th. Uh, <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, just check my social media stuff for all my upcoming uh, events and stuff. I got hit in the head way too many times to remember all that. Uh, but, but, but for real, this is our first live show, Cats and Dogs and Double J's. And so we're going to have a good time at the Nerd out there in Vegas. Uh, again, same day as the AEW pay-per-view. Plenty of time to come hang with us and then hit the uh, show that night. That's probably what we'll all do also. So, uh, Ryan, I guess this this is goodbye for now. Yeah, let's just plug next week. Oh, man, the feeling is mutual. There's a lot of love. We talked about sharing, being open with our feelings. Sharing is caring. I I found that when I opened myself up to saying love, I found that it took me a long time in my life. I'm 45 now, and it was probably into my late 30s that I finally started feeling comfortable with telling people I love them. And I feel my life improved when I started sharing those feelings. (laughs) positive positive feelings towards others it's weird they like it 
right, dog. Next week, we're going to be covering the Outlaws return to WWE TV in 2013. And we're going to discuss how the Outlaws made it into the ring. Your return to TV for the first time as a tag team in WWE in 13 years. Your matches against Primo and Epico and then the Rhodes Scholars before you guys ran into the Beast Incarnate <laughs> Lesnar. Again, that's because Hunter was in a story with him, so they had to beat us up. <laughs> Bing, bang, boom. <laughs> well, we're going to get to that. So as usual, tune in next week when our new episodes drop on Thursdays, unless you're a member of adfreeshows.com, where you'll get your access early. Don't forget oh, that this episode. Oh, don't be premature. <laughs> and remember that this episode has been brought to you by Blue Chew and BlueChew.com. <laughs> Boy, that, Try- came, that really came together. Drive Bluetooth free when you use our promo code DOG at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's Bluetooth.com promo code DOG to receive your first month free. That's double G. <laughs> With that said, I'm Ryan Katz. And I'm the D-O-Double-G. Right there, and this has been... Oh, you didn't know? See you next time. <laughs>